Hello and welcome to the West Road and Wesley Community Church Listen Again podcast. We are delighted that you're joining us. Our prayer is that what you hear today encourages you and builds your faith. On the, uh, on the internet there. So, hey, it's good to see you this morning. I think it is good to be hopeful and hope-filled. You know, it's really easy for us to look at this time and think, oh, this is a real trudging, difficult, stressful time. And of course those things happen. But God is a God who is hopeful and hope-filled. Um, you know, even this time of not being able to sing in worship together, it's been hard. But maybe God's been teaching us to worship in other ways over these last 18 months. You know, to worship him in, in his creation. To worship him by listening to, to worship songs on CDs and so many other ways. You know, there's a lot of ways we can look at the good that God has been doing in us and through us in these last 18 months. And maybe some of those things have been through prayer. You know, when we felt like all we can do is pray in these difficult times. So as a church, you are going through this series on inner spiritual growth. And it's based around these first few chapters of a book. Um, I'm sure you know about it by now, a book by Richard Foster. If you're unaware of this book, whether you're here today or watching online, online please, please get hold of this book. It's one of those classics that I myself have read and reread and reread uh, over many, many years. Don't just stop at the inner spiritual disciplines. Look at all the disciplines that he talks about. Now, of course, I'm, I'm going to echo something that David said last week. You know, these spiritual disciplines are not a guarantee to growth. It's not a tick box exercise for us. But it do, they do help create the best environment for us to thrive as Christians. The best environment for growth to happen. And that is true whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or whether you're just joining us online trying to figure out what church and Christianity is all about. And you're very welcome with us today if that is true. And, and the next of these spiritual disciplines is this discipline of prayer. And as I start, I just want to show you this movie clip. And maybe in just those three minutes, we see the breadth of what prayer can be. You know, we see prayers that can be, if we're honest, overcomplicated. But we can see prayers that are very simple, that seem to touch the heart of God. We see prayers for forgiveness. We see prayers for thanks. We see prayers for guidance. We see prayers kneeling. We see prayers standing. We see prayers over a telephone. We see prayers of desperation, where our heart seems to leap towards God. And in a world that is increasingly empirical, and by that I mean the things we can touch, the things we can see, the things we can hear, prayer seems to be the one thing that the world still holds on to, which connects us to the other. 
that connects us to a spiritual world, even if we don't know the God to whom we cast our eyes to heaven towards. There's something that suggests in prayer that we are not the be-all and end-all of the world. And yet, perhaps this is the cry of our world. You know, I know those, those lyrics of Queen are probably very familiar to us, but somehow that can become a part of our prayer if we're not careful. It seems to sum up the consumerism that is at the heart of the Western world. We, we want more. We want more clothes. We want more money. We want more fill-in-the-blank to make us happy. The unconscious, if only I had then I would be more satisfied. You know, in the ease of stuff like Amazon Prime with next day delivery from around the world, just seems that our every want and desire is more and more easily gratified. And when it comes to prayer, it's easy for us to think of prayer like that too. Well, of course, prayer is just transactional and instantaneous, isn't it? If we don't see our prayers answered immediately and in the affirmative, do we just give up? But you know, there's so much more to prayer than this. And in his book, Richard Foster reminds us that of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. That means when we pray, we not only bring to God what's on our hearts, but it actually draws our hearts closer to God. So, of course, what is prayer? How can we best pray? What happens when prayer isn't working? And I use that word advisedly. So let's look at learning to pray. As I alluded to at the beginning... It seems like you don't even need to be a Christian to see the value in prayer. Have you noticed in the light of this global pandemic, we're seeing world leaders call us to national days of prayer because things have become so desperate. But it's so much more than just a simple cry for hope in the middle of desperate times. Prayer should never just be something that we use when we're desperate, when all else has failed. Because at its heart, prayer is about a relationship. Ultimately, a relationship with God through Jesus. And just like normal conversations, it actually takes time to build that relationship. You know, my conversation with my friends looks wildly different than my conversation with a stranger. And so it is with prayer. In effect, we're looking to move our relationship from one of strangers to one of friends. And that takes time. And it takes practice to master. It's okay for us to learn and practice and grow in the discipline of prayer. 
Even the disciples, think of these disciples, these men and women who followed Jesus around. They saw him perform miracles. They got to talk to him every day. And still they had to say, Lord, teach us how to pray. You see, they needed to learn. And when they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, Jesus taught them this very famous prayer, what we've come to call the Lord's Prayer. Now, we're not going to go into detail in every line this morning, but I do want to highlight a few things as we look to learn how to pray. We pray to God our Father through Jesus. And this is quite important. In fact, theologically, we can only commune and converse with God through Jesus. God is God. He's almighty. He's mysterious. He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. He should be hallowed. And it's the death and resurrection of Jesus, which we will celebrate later with communion, which is what makes that intimate, connected prayer even possible. You know, sometimes we fall into the trap of trying to bring God down to us, to make him like us. No, he's in the process of making us like Jesus, but never the other way round. We learn to pray to help make his kingdom come, not our kingdom come. And when we put him and us in our rightful places, it's a good place to start when you're learning about prayer, which is what Jesus does here. He is God, I am not. We don't pray to inform God about information. You know, sometimes when you listen to people praying, and sometimes you're a little unsure whether they're praying to God or wanting to pass on a bit of information to you. <laughs> now, we, we, I'm, not, I'm not about telling God information. God doesn't go, oh, thanks, Matt. I didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. Now, it's not about passing on information. I pray in order to build the relationship. And in addition, the Lord's Prayer definitely affirms prayer for ourselves. Give us today our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. But, sorry, this is my fault. But maybe the lesson isn't about give me today my bread. Maybe the lesson is coming to him daily. Prayer is a practice that is to be practiced daily. It's daily communication. Now, of course, some people like a more rigid practice, more formulaic, and, that, and that's absolutely fine. A certain time, certain words, certain structures. Others are a bit more fluid. It's like me talking to my mum. You know, sometimes it's a phone call at seven o'clock on a Sunday evening, you know. <laughs> And woe betide me if I forget. <laughs> and other times, it's an as and when. Either is fine. It's about keeping the communication open. But what I love is there's a simplicity to this Lord's Prayer. When Jesus looked with compassion to heal people, it's his clear, simple, unambiguous language that speaks out to us. He says, walk. He says, be well, stand up. 
Rather than tiptoeing around the issue with our prayer requests and killing it with all the words, maybe there should be a real practical nature to our prayers. Help us, God. We need you, God. Feed us, God. Forgive us, God. Help us to forgive others, God. And thirdly, I think the Lord's Prayer, interestingly, helps us to understand that there truly is a spiritual dimension to our prayers. In fact, to our world. Deliver us from evil. Now, we don't talk about this very often in churches. I don't know what you think about the spiritual world. Maybe you think I'm even ridiculous for mentioning it. But you know, Jesus believed in it. Jesus acted and spoke as if the spiritual, the unseen, the trans-empirical world was real. And if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you have to have a grasp that the spiritual world is real. God is spirit. And when we pray, we engage with God and his kingdom. And Satan doesn't like that. And the battle is real. In our prayers, we battle spiritual forces. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world. When we pray, help us to usher in your kingdom, God. Well, if this is true, is it any wonder that our prayer life can be a struggle sometimes? Of course it's going to be a struggle if we're battling against the spiritual forces of this world. It's meant to be. But, you know, as we learn to pray, perhaps we also need to learn to listen. Because if what I've said is true, that, that prayer is a relationship, then we learn to not, to not only converse, but to stop talking and actually listen. And as you can probably guess from me speaking, this is one that's hard for me. Because <laughs> I like talking. If prayer is a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't look like me simply talking and not pausing to listen. Maybe one of the lessons of this pandemic could have been, or should have been, that we learn to have a bit more silence in our lives. I mean, how comfortable are you with silence? Or is your life just full of noise? When it gets quiet, do you turn on the TV just for a bit of background noise? Do you put the iPod on your head? You know, do you try and even shut out mum and dad shouting downstairs, but you, you drown it out with another load of noise? Some of you, and me, we're so used to noise and the busyness that comes with it that we're uncomfortable with the nothing. But it's very hard to listen with so much noise. You know, a few years ago, this is actually true, a few years ago at London Zoo, they had a new exhibit with some hippos, hippopotamus. And they were really surprised after a few weeks that visitors said, oh, the hippos are really boring. You never get to see them. London Zoo actually had to put up a sign at the hippo enclosure that said, hippos surface on average every two to three minutes. Please be patient. <laughs> People were walking up to the enclosure and, well, if they're not there in 30 seconds, I'm off. Do we do that with God? 
Oh, he hasn't answered in 30 seconds, so I'm off. You know, maybe it's not just audio noise. Is there such a thing as visual noise? Where our eyes become bombarded with so much all the time that we don't just give it time to stop and to listen. Even those of us who call ourselves Christians, we seem to be in such a hurry to make God speak or make God answer that we don't stop to consider that maybe God will speak in the silence. The Bible records this very simple but profound. Be still and know that I am God. I may be judging here. I may be judging But sometimes I think we don't hear from God because we don't actually listen to God. Silence can make us feel helpless. And if you're like me, when there's silence, you want to stand and fill the gap. (laughs) And you want to justify and you want to stand up and you want to explain yourself. And we want to talk to overcome the stillness. And maybe our inability to accept silence is why we don't hear from God. Because I believe God wants to speak to us. He spoke creation into being. And he's continued speaking to his people from then on. But most often, it was not with a big booming voice. Although he can. Most often it was through stillness. Or through a growing assurance that took time to develop. Or through coincidences that are too coincidental to be coincidences or through affirmation in scripture or through other encouragements with wise godly people maybe connecting with the meditation that David spoke of last week the stillness and the reflection the pausing and the listening maybe in that God will speak to us and thirdly after learning a bit about prayer and stopping to listen, maybe we need to learn to wait. Now, learning to listen and learning to wait are not the same thing. Because so far I've talked really positively about prayer, haven't I? I've talked optimistically and with surety. But what happens when prayer seems to go unanswered? When we have learned about prayer, when we have been silent, when we do trust God... When we have listened, and still our prayers seem to disappear into the ether. I know it can be a lonely, doubting, challenging time. What one famous 16th century Spanish poet said, the dark night of the soul. If this is you, if you're in a place right now where you seem to be doing all this and still there's unanswered prayer, can I recommend another book to you? Can I recommend to you the book God on Mute? It's a superb book about unanswered prayer, written by this guy called Pete Gregg, who who actually started the 24-7 prayer movement, a guy who's so into prayer and getting people to pray. But as he was starting that movement, what most people don't know is that his wife was diagnosed with a massive brain tumour. And the subsequent surgery to remove the cancer was successful, but she suffers to this day from terrible epilepsy. 
and the deepest prayers for her healing did not work. So here's Pete teaching from the stage about prayer, but his personal life each and every day is about unanswered prayer. And in this book, it's quite interesting because he tracks Jesus' own unanswered prayers through Gethsemane and ultimately to the cross. And then he sees them answered on Easter Sunday where miracles arise. And maybe with unanswered prayer, and I know this sounds trite, but maybe unanswered prayer is about just holding on till Resurrection Sunday. God may answer very quickly in a way that is very obvious, but on other occasions God's answers are not such an obvious yes. Sometimes we need to wait for more guidance. Sometimes when an answer comes, it may be in a completely different way than we expect. Sometimes it appears like there's nothing but a brick wall. And sometimes as we carry on with life, it's only when we look back at a situation, we discover that God's answer was actually no. We need to remember that God has our best interests at heart, even if the answer is not what we want to hear. And we will never understand the complete will of God in every situation. As I said before, God is mysterious and sovereign. And if I understood all about him, I would be like him. Sometimes there is no answer at all. Many times in the Bible, when prayer went unanswered, when King David prayed for his son to live, Moses, Job, Jonah, Elijah, they all prayed that they would die. (laughs) I'm glad those prayers went unanswered at that point. Jesus' prayers Jesus' disciple prayed for deliverance. Paul prayed for the removal of his thorn in the flesh, whatever that was. And God did not answer those requests, at least with the affirmative yes. What we learn is how they coped and grew through those situations. And God always brought good from those desperate times. Again, coming back to this pandemic, what do we look back and see God is bringing out of this for us as individuals and as a church. To sometimes hold on with our fingertips is all we can do. Often in my work with young people, I meet meet them saying, Matt, didn't Jesus say, ask and it will be given to you? My response is nearly always, what is it that you're asking for? And then I sit and talk with them about that situation. Because it's not actually the unanswered prayer that's the issue. It's the problem that's caused them to pray the unanswered prayer. Sometimes when I look back at my life, I'm really pleased that God is too loving to answer all prayers yes. My life would have looked very different from now if he had. In fact, I'd be married to Sandra Bullock if he'd answered every prayer. Yes, I'm not quite sure why he said no to that one. But anyway, a lot of you are like, who's Sandra Bullock? Don't worry. And on other occasions, I'm really glad that God says yes. When I get to experience his prayer at work, and I'm amazed, 
that the God of the universe is interested in me and my prayers to help see his kingdom come. Every time I visit a little children's home on the outskirts of Talanga in Tegucigalpa in, in Honduras, every time I go there, I drink from this water tap that is fed by an underground water source with a solar panel pump. And I'm reminded of the prayer that three of us prayed on this ground some 15 years ago. Because we needed the children's home there, but there was no water. The home is a few hundred yards from the municipal city dump. And all water sources are highly contaminated, unfit for human consumption. A pilot well was dug 100 yards to the left on a neighbouring property, and it came back unfit for human consumption. And we, we, a pilot hole was, was drilled 100 yards to the right on a neighbouring property, and it's unfit for human consumption. And we drilled a well here. And that water is the cleanest water for 25 miles around. And remains so. 15 years on. And every time I'm there, I wonder why God allowed that prayer to be answered and others not. Why he, that remains so in that place where the whole community can benefit from God's blessing and his living water. I don't know why God answers some prayers and not others. I don't know why he said yes to that specific one and no to others that I thought were of equal importance. But I do know this. When Job, one of our heroes of faith, asked God why he seemed so silent in Job chapter 37, God answered him as the God of the heavens would. And God lovingly but firmly put Job in his place. In chapters 38 to 40, go home and read them. God is far above our power and our understanding. Some as I begin to close, some of you will be blessed with answered prayer this week. Others will be doubting and confused because of unanswered prayer. Whatever it is, keep the prayers going. Keep the relationship open and alive. Learn more, listen more, wait more. Prayer is always going to be tough. The Bible says it will. The Bible says we will wrestle in prayer and we are going to struggle in prayer. But hold on. Keep the lines of communication open. As I end, just a short passage from the book of Colossians. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. <laughs> and pray for us too. Pray that God may open a door for our message so that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ for which Paul was in chains. Devote yourselves to prayer. Always be watchful and thankful. Pray that the mystery of God may, in Jesus may be proclaimed. As I close, wouldn't it be amazing if we took that seriously? Wouldn't it be incredible that out of this pandemic, West Road Church became known as the praying church? Because if it did, we might well see God revealed in mighty and miraculous ways. Prayer is not a way 
by means God serves us. It's a means by which we serve God. Prayer is not a way by which we get our will done in heaven, but a means by the way God gets his will done on earth. That's prayer. And join us next week as we look at the third inner discipline, that of fasting. And I'm so glad that I got asked to speak this week (laughs) and not next week. (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to ask the worship group to come up and lead us as we continue our worship by singing and then we'll move into a time of communion together. Thank you, guys. If you'd like to stand and sing, we're going to sing Man of Sorrows. And so my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise and honour unto thee. Amen. Please sit down. And where prayer meets communion is Jesus on the cross who was dealing with his own unanswered prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is there any way, Father, that you can take this cup from me? You know, I often wonder, what would have happened at that point if Jesus had said, Amen? Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. As we shared earlier, prayer is this communication between us and God, and God and us. That, that com suffix that we have in so many of our English words, communication, common, company. You know what that means, right? It means together. It means joined. It means belonging equally to. It means freedom, and it means openness. And our communion joins us with Christ, brings us together with Christ, means we belong equally with Christ. We're in union with Christ because of his death and resurrection. He says that when we share of the bread and drink of the wine, we share in his death and his resurrection. But communion also means that we join together as church. Those here present today, those online, old and young, male and female, Greek and slave and free, we are equally one in him because of the communion. And we share together with the worldwide church of Christ. Whatever denomination, whatever country, we share with millions of believers today. If we trust him, his death and his resurrection, we are in communion together. So I'd like to invite you to take up your bread. As we take our bread together, We remember him broken, but we remember us joined with him. 
Do this in remembrance of him. And as we share his blood together, we remember his blood shed for all, for the forgiveness of sins, in order to bring us into community and fellowship with God again. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So check us out on social media at West Road Church BSE or go to our website, www.westroadchurch.org.uk. Thanks for listening and have a great day.